With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited you decided to join us. Um, Before we jump in today, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the most innovative, you know, technological machine you'll ever find and it's so easy to use you know we have three of them we love them um they they, they're always they're always giving to the community but they're always innovating on their own on their own products too so go over and check them out mention coach unplugged and they'll give you a four hundred dollars off for coach collins um and also go over and check out ttroops.com for coaches who want to get better it is the one-stop shop for basketball coaches it's got everything you need to become a better basketball coach. We always tell our players that we want them to work on their craft. Well, are you working on yours? And that's one of the ways I've worked on my craft. It's something, you know, from someone that's been, that's coaching a nationally ranked team that has won numerous state titles, that has done those things. This is what, you know, I spent several years putting this together of things that would, that I could share with the world to make coaches better. And the roadmap will take care of it and will walk you through everything you need. So go over and check it out. And just in closing, if you like this podcast, go over and check out High School Hoops. Go over and check out the 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast. Go over and check out Funnel Down Defense Podcast. All of them are great. Um, And leave a five-star review. We'd love that. All right, have a great day. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I got got Coach Torbert here. So I'm super excited about this. from a couple standpoints, selfishly, I started running Read and React about three years ago. So I have, I'm looking at my list. I think I have like six specific questions about Read and React, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, okay. All right. So, Coach, I'm going to have you kind of introduce yourself, kind of talk about your basketball journey and kind of what got us to the point where we're sitting here talking today. Right. <clears throat> my basketball journey. <laughs> Began, uh, let's see, I'll make this short and sweet. Uh, right. there's, there's not a lot there. Well, there's uh, a lot. <laughs> well, I, um, let's see, probably the pivotal point 
in my life was I was six, six foot one as an eighth grader. Everybody thought I was going to be some big center, you know? Right. Yep. I think I grew one more inch or another inch and a half. And, uh, and I found out, uh, there were plenty of people that could play inside better than me. So, uh, between my freshman and sophomore year, uh, I spent the whole summer just dedicated to shooting only. And, um, uh, and that kind of changed the course of my life. I wound up being a, a pretty good shooter, good enough to go on and play at the next level. You know, NAI played at uh, Cleveland State Junior College. Then I played at Bryan College. Um, um, but there's but, a very valuable lesson there, especially for the youth coaches, I think, in the yeah. sense that I believe everyone should be a guard until they're about 14 or 15. <laughs> um, cause well, absolutely. Don't you? I mean, we, we can get into the position of this thing, but I, it's like I, we, everybody that's listening to this, I bet, can, can think about that kid that grew in elementary school and was the tallest kid on the playground and then just stopped. We all can probably name like two or three of those kind of kids. And Steve, that is why I include that in the story. Is right. uh, I mean, it, it hindered me. Uh, uh, the way I I was pigeonholed early on through elementary and junior high, even as a freshman in high school, um, it, it's hard to overcome that. Even if you're dedicated from there on, I'll just uh, because in college I'm I'm a two guard, and sometimes right. I'm, I'm a point. Uh, right, right. You're seriously. You're seriously hindered, and it's like I've, I've coached guys that have played in the NBA. I've coached bigs, and it's like, yes, I'm. I, you know, I I just keep telling them, I, I, you might have to rebound more than you're going to rebound at the next level, but it will help. You know, we if everyone right. can handle the ball, no one can press those kind of things. But right. um, so then go go ahead. So then I see you got into coaching. Yeah, I, I stepped right out of college into a head uh, high school boys job in the public schools in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga Central and Little Wall High School. And, yep. and then uh, I took a job in Atlanta uh, at a private school, small private school. And then uh, after a few years there, I went to Holy Innocence Episcopal School because they were starting a, um, a school from scratch, a high school from oh, scratch. Oh, really? Yeah, they were kindergarten through eight. And I, I kind of thought, oh, that'd be cool to start, you know, from right. the beginning. And uh, hey, if it, I can't blame anybody but myself, you know? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> you know what's coming, yes. Yep. So I was there for uh, my last 11 years. And, um, and, and when I say that uh, there's not much there, what I mean is I think, uh, look, I mean, I had good years and I've had bad. I've had, you know, uh, never won a state championship but made it to the Final Four a couple of times and, you know, uh, quite From a few. Somebody that's won it, it's lightning in a bottle. I'm, I'm convinced. It's like, it's like the kid yeah. that catches the firefly. Because yeah. my best team didn't win it. <laughs> um, my best team had three Mr. Basketballs from Wisconsin, and we didn't win it that year. And then we won oh, it the God. next year. It, wow. uh, yes, I'm just. It's, it's, it's not the best coaches, not the best team. It's about those two or three weeks where you just catch lightning. It's Hoosiers kind of thing. Yeah. But go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're exactly right. And, uh, um, and I've had, I've been on the, the losing end, you know, I've been right. on those where it, uh, I had my worst season was a four and 23. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah. That'll make you question <laughs> that, that, everything. You, 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 you become very humble at that point. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. And I coached my honey off, and I tell you, I thought I should have got coach of the year because we, we shouldn't have won those four. Right. Oh, I tell people my best record, we were 12 and 10. My best coaching season in 30 years of coaching, we were 12 and 10 because we had no right being winning 12 games. We had zero, you know. So that's why I tell coaches it's not – and I've told people this before. I think the problem with our profession is it's it you're judged on quantitative values because I see your math teacher. You're 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 judged on quantitative values, not qualitative values. That's right. And, and as a coach, it's it, it's the to be honest with you, I coach and teach because it's the qualitative things. It's not the I want to win as much as anybody. Trust me, but. Um, it's, it's teaching young men or young women to be, you know, become better people and life lessons and all that sure. kind of stuff. And that, and that is the problem with, with coaching is that you've got, um, um, you're, you're judging success qualitatively and people that might be controlling your, your job, right. Uh, and your livelihood are judging it quantitatively. Right. They don't, there's a lot of things they don't take into factors. Cause I'll tell you, I, when I say uh, I made it to the final four, that's hilarious because right. I've never made a shot. I never defended right. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you are right. really <laughs> good players. And I yeah. remember the first trip to the final four, the, the night we, we uh, won a lead eight to go to the final four, uh, you know, you, you get all the back slapping and all that, right? right? Yeah. And, and one guy, friend of mine, um, said – I just kind of, as he's passing by, he says, and, and now you're a genius. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, everything, you know, everything. Right. Yes. Uh, it, it's tongue in cheek because man, yeah. You just. Okay. So, so, all right. So then, so, so are you, you're still coaching there right now? No. no. Okay. Uh, so um, there was a two or three year overlap in the early two thousands where a uh, former assistant of mine, wanted to start an internet company, sell DVDs. And, right. and uh, I told him I would help and uh, help him if I, if you ever needed it. And he, so he asked me for it. Right. And, um, and he said, I want you to do the basketball instructions. And I said, man, you're going to get like three sales, you know, my mom, my dad, my sister, right. <laughs> you know, who am I, you know? Right. And he said, well, you know, I was, he'd been with me for a while and he said, you know, I've seen you teach and, he said, if I can get people to view the material, I think your, um, your ability to break it down will bring them back. So, uh, hey, why not, right? So I gave it a shot. And uh, we started with shooting, ball handling, you know, post play, one-on-one, -on -one, just player development stuff. Right. And this is in the <clears> – <throat> excuse me. This is in the early 2000s. And um, um, then we got a few guests – uh, on our our DVDs back then, it was all DVDs. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I tell I was talking to Brendan yesterday. It was hilarious because it's like him and I were laughing about. I remember when I had two VHS tapes and two recorders and play record play record. You know, to to, to break tape down. It's like these guys don't know how. I mean, it's, now it goes up to crossover or huddle and breaks it down. It's like, shoot, oh. I, I'm still surprised I'm married. To be honest with you, all the time I spent breaking tape down, but. <laughs> It was so time intensive. It was unreal. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and one of my stories talking about uh, uh, later as we get into the read and react, you know, one of the one year 
I think it was 96. <clears throat> at the end of the season, I decided, hey, I'm going back and I'm statting all of my games myself. I wanted to see where all our, our, our points were coming from, try to categorize everything. Didn't want to depend on stats that, you know, some right. yep. in the bleachers, you know, yep. kept up with and missed while he was eating popcorn. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, and, and folks, um, I don't think they appreciate what it took to go back and take a DVD. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, VHS. Right. In that time, VHS, you know, fast right. forward, rewind, pause, right down, you know. Right. And there's more than what they don't understand is there's more than one thing going on when you're watching on a thing. It's like there's a rebound, there's an assist, there's a turnover. There's a, it's like, you're, you, yeah. <laughs> there's no iPad to hit a button and just. <laughs> right. Um, right. Yeah. Oh, something like a huddle or crossover. That would have just been. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I told I tell people it saved my life. It saved my marriage, saved my life. <laughs> marriage. I'm, in the basement, I'm not in the basement anymore breaking film down. Okay. So. Um, so you started that. We'll get to the read react thing at the end because I got, like I said, I do have a lot of questions. But um, so then that's obviously oh. went from DVDs to. Yeah, well, we started, like I said, player development stuff. That That's what I cut my teeth on. My first one was on shooting naturally. Right. right? Uh, most of it came from my experience in personal training, all, you know, right. while I was coaching. Uh, and that's where if you're going to make a business out of that, you've got to actually, you, you can't just. You might start doing it off of the cuff, but eventually you got to, what's the word, codify? Uh, you got to quantify know. it, and it's time yeah. for money, too. It's like, you, yes. you, it's time yeah. for money, too. And if you, you, you're you not going to be able to book all that time if you don't have, you know, your lesson plans right. Yeah. Yeah, and I had to go, like, step by step. You know, I had to start writing things down and, hey, what works, what doesn't, and developing a player. And that's what I was putting on the DVD, and we happened – uh get uh start getting a few nba and wmba guests on the dvds you know okay mike Bibby was the first one i do i remember that one i do remember yeah, that one yeah. and then we got you know yes didn't you have some young kid too i think oh that was our ball handling yeah uh, our ball handling uh, andy garcia and by yep. the way still he's just phenomenal with a basketball right now he's in his mid-20s i guess and he's in he's still in laredo texas and he's training he's never stopped training other kids really well wow. so he's got he's got a training business okay? okay okay and he's just magic with a ball but, oh yeah uh, yeah i remember so him the, the thing is the great story behind that is i had one DVD out shooting, you know. Now right. I'm still coaching at the time. And in the summer, I have this guy from Laredo. It was Andy's dad, Andy Garcia. And he's, right. hey, hey, could you, you know, could I convince you to come out here and train my son for a few days, you know, maybe a week? And, well, if the price is right, I will, right? right? So right. it's kind of neat. I get to cross the Mississippi River. and Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go to a place in right. Texas. And this is kind of neat. Kid just was a workout king. I mean, the kid could work all day on the on his game. But when I saw him handle the ball, I said, hey, I made a guy on the phone, called my buddy and said, hey, I know what DVD number two is. Yes. <laughs> seventh grade, and he's just unbelievable with the ball. Right, and, yeah. Our, our Mr. Basketball this year, Jordan McCabe, who's going to Cincy, has been doing that since he was a little kid, and he's yeah. the same way. It's like, oh my, it's like magic what they do with the ball. Yeah. So then it expanded from that stuff. 
Yeah, I got. I wound up with it in 2000. Uh, by 2008, I think we had um, seven player development, seven or eight player development DVDs, and that and when, right. that doesn't sound like much of the time, but when you do at that time, we were doing things like uh, like the one-on-one video was three and a half hours. Right. Because it wasn't just me on one-on-one. Uh, I also had Chauncey Billups. I had Rick Barry on it. I had right. Sue Bird. You know, folks like that on. And it was a different era too. You weren't shooting it on your phone. You the editing was a you know iMovie wasn't. It, it, I'm just saying, people think now it's like, oh, I can just shoot a video and edit. It was a different world back then, editing wise too, and all yeah. that stuff, and technology and taping and cameras and. Yeah, you had to send your DVD off to be mastered and. Right. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. 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 But during that, um, so the transition is back in uh, 03 and 04, uh, in that same place, Andy Garcia in Laredo, Texas, had put together a, a camp uh, where he had recruited uh, 15 just hand picked players from everywhere, a couple of European pros, about five or six uh, college players, and, and the remaining 10 or eight or nine were high school, but they were from everywhere. I had a kid from Greece and Michigan and just from all right. over. All and over. They, they all came with a pedigree. You know what right. I mean? Like they were the, the best. Of best. It, it was a four week camp. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Steve, never do this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone to the PGC camp. I've gone to Mono's camp to watch oh. and I'm, I'm, I'm tired after four days and I'm just watching. <laughs> uh, uh, we were so ambitious. I did like, uh, I, I, so we lived in the same uh, motel, you know, hotel. Right. And our schedule was from nine to six, five days, and then half a day on Saturday. Yeah. And and the kids went at night. They went to the local, um, like, uh, workout gym, physical gym, to do, you know, to to be trained in weights and speed, agility, quickness, and that's crazy. First of all, youth is wasted on the young. I'm telling you, I used to do oh, that yeah. stuff. I I go from camp, I jump in my car, I go to the next camp, I jump in my car, I go to the next camp. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Oh, it just makes me tired thinking about it. <laughs> oh yeah, and but poor poor kids, man. About right. middle of third week, they got one gear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, just about toast. But right. we did all. You know, you do all the player development stuff, uh, and then. You come back from lunch. We, we we had to. We had to take like a two hour for lunch. Right. You know? We had to, and for them to recover. And then we'd come back for another four hours, and um, and we we always finished it with clock and referees and games. And right. we had uh, the owner of the camp had um, scheduled. I'll give you an example. He had scheduled the second tier Olympic team, a uh, Mexico's Olympic team to come across the border and play us. You know? Oh, wow. So I'm going like, oh, okay, uh, what am I going to teach these guys? Flex? Right, you know? You're right. These are these are all – every one of them is like a gunslinger. Like, right. Hey, they're all the best players on their team. Yeah, they're all the yeah, best players yeah, on their team. That's right. And so I'm thinking, what am I going to – and that's where the read and react was – was bird then what i saw there just made me a believer let's just put it that way. right and so so just from a historical standpoint yeah. so that that's when you came up with the idea yeah when did we get to the point where you felt confident that you actually had something that was i mean because like anything 
there's 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 the first light bulb and then there's the last light bulb <laughs> yes i didn't um, even have a name for it in 03 right okay and see i, I was going back to coach at that, that time right yeah and you're just trying to keep the the the, the yeah. ship moving yeah <laughs> here's what's so weird is is it was at that time that the company better basketball just took off okay we took off. My partner said, look, we, we got to either fish or cut bait, you know, because right. uh, you've either got to go full time. We're going to make a make a go at this or, or we just he can't do it by himself. And right. so and so I said, but man, I put together this system that, you know, I, I'm absolutely convinced. Well, anyway, so I wasn't I was not able to take it back to my team. So. The next summer, we had the same camp, whole different group of kids. And I said, okay, I got to test this again, all right? Right. Maybe, maybe it was a function of the kids, right? Right, yeah, you don't know. You're experimenting, yeah. yeah. Right. So this time I went in, I didn't have to discover it. Right. I went in from the beginning, right? And it's like, holy cow. So as soon as that four weeks was up, I called every friend that on every level of basketball still coaching and said look i got something don't even have a name for it but uh uh and i can try and describe it but um if you want it i'll show it to you but i'm pretty sure it's a game changer you know right i, I think it'll give you an edge you know all that kind of stuff yep. well you know steve just think about you call you know who would you call Look, the people I call trusted me that, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even coaching at the time, right? Right. And so I had um, high school, middle school, girls, boys, you know, uh, take it, uh, veteran coaches, you know. Right. You wanted to send it out to the world to see what happens, too. It's yes. like, it's your first model. You got to send it out yes. and see if the, if the light bulb works or not, too. And so first know. I gave it to them in notes. Guess right. what? They couldn't do it. No. Every time it was like, Rick, you're going to have to come and show us. I'd, I'd work with them through the summer or come work with them during their season. And, and that's when it dawned on me, okay, I, if I'm going to transfer this, I can't do it with notes and that type of thing. Right. With drawings or diagrams, I'm going to have to put this on, a, a, a you know, like an DVD or right. that type of thing. And so it was really – so for four years, Steve, for four years, those coaches convinced me to put it out, to get it to public. Right. And, and one of them, uh, uh, he's retired now, Buster Brown. He had about the best um, uh, girls record in high school in state of Georgia, all classifications during the 90s, won a state championship. And, and, uh, and he said, uh, Rick, I don't, I don't want you to because I've got an edge now. <laughs> right. Weapon. Right. But – let's face it. He said, this, this, you've got something that the community needs to see. They need to get a hold of this. Right. And, and of course the feedback now, the feedback that I was getting from these coaches was opening up, um, was just making me see other things. Right. Okay? So that's the thing is you got to put it out there to see. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you don't see it all at one time. Right. You, just, you don't. I mean, I'm not smart enough 
You can't, no, well, you can't see the trees through the forest sometimes. You're, you're, <laughs> right. well, you're so, I mean, I've started small businesses too. You're so like this, you're so narrow. People are listening, aren't seeing this. I'm putting my hands over my eyes. You're so narrow-minded because you see one thing, but there's six yeah. other things going on that you just can't see. Yeah. Right. And you know something? This coach would teach it this way, and this coach right. would teach it that way. And another coach would call me and say, you know something? I found if I taught this first – then this this became easier. I was just getting all that kind of feedback, you know? And I thought, all right, listen, uh, I had another friend that said, if you try to wait until it's perfect, you'll never ship it. Yes, yeah, because nothing's <laughs> ever perfect, yes. That's right. He said, hey, ship it, get it out there. And, uh, uh, and I really am not trying to be uh, – this is not a case of false humility. I, I really sincerely believe – and I still do. You know, there there are coaches that are just uh, so much smarter than me on so many levels. If I could just get it out there and get it in their hands, they would see things that I didn't see. Right. And maybe we could all stand on each other, each other's shoulders, and and kind of change the paradigm. This was kind of my vision. Right. This is kind of what motivates me. Motivate motivated me then. Motivates me now is the vision of, you know something, I may be able to impact the game for kids and coaches in a very positive way, maybe make the game. I had just heard Kevin Eastman say in a clinic at Coaching You Live, right in the middle of, of his time in the clinic, he stopped. You know, usually he's on the move while he's right. You, you know how he does. Yeah. And he just stopped and kind of, you know, did this looking off into the wild blue yonder. And he said, look, let, let me tell you where the game is going. The game is headed where there are no positions. You're not going to see ones and twos and threes and fours and fives. You're going to see five five players that can just play basketball. They're going to be multi-purpose, uh, multi, uh, you know, yep. uh, they can play in all positions. Right. And he said, now, I don't know how we're going to get there, but we're headed that way. Get ready. Right. And then he went on with the rest of his clinic. Of course, I'm I'm in the stands about to blow a gasket going, I think I've got right. right. I've got the method to move the game to a positionless game. And by the way, now you know, Steve, why I started that story the way I did. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, has it really – see, people ask me about my record and all this kind of stuff, and I don't really think about that stuff on a day-to-day basis. Have you literally th- – sat and thought that you've changed this game because you have um and i'm not throwing this around i mean a hundred years from now it's like the flex it's like the triangle people are gonna in the dribble drive people are gonna talk about read and react have you thought about that hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I have. It's, and, and, but it, it does. It it's mind-boggling. Yeah. It is mind-boggling. Yeah, it has taken uh, a life of its own. Some of the most, the funnest, the one of the most fun things about this is uh, this movement is reading the stories of the coaches out there. Right. You know, they'll email me their stories and tell me what to do. And most of it, coach. Now look, it's really easy for me to to, to tell you the quantitative ones. Right. But, 
qualitative ones are so much fun. Oh, yeah. We make fun of you all the time, Rick. I'm telling oh, you. Right. Oh, That's layer 47. Layer 47. I mean, <laughs> my, my assistant coach can do it. Nate's going to be listening to this. He can do a much better Rick than I can do. But it's like, you know, we just. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's, it's over, it's, it is over the, the number of layers is overwhelming at times. Like we have narrowed it to like six that yes. we feel like yes. we can really do well. And then well, we add well. things to that. You know, it's like adding yeah. potatoes to the soup or carrots or something, but we, you know, we've narrowed it to about six that we think we can be pretty good at. This is six or seven years before I ever started experimenting with the read and react two things happened. There was a couple of things going on that, that kind of ingredients that went into the soup, you know? Right. Yes. One of them was we lost a game at, we ended our season by not getting to the state tournament on a last second shot with the best player I ever coached. Best player. He averaged 28 points a game, shot 53% from the three point line. And signed with Florida State. And the only kid in the school history to play in the Georgia All-Star game. And right. I'm thinking, I can't get to the state tournament <laughs> with this kid. Right. You know? Well, right. I must be an idiot. Well, so my assistant and I, Dan Knudsen, we were um, uh, having our last supper, so right. to speak. <laughs> and, uh, pun intended there. Right. And, and I said, all right, Dan, go ahead. Tell me what I did wrong, you know. And he said, I really just got one question. In the last two minutes of the game, when it was just back and forth and, you know, people were fouling out and this and, and there's, we're trapping and nobody can run any of their stuff. Did we have the best five basketball players on the floor? And I said, well, now, Dan, we had our best one, our best two, our best three, our best four, our best five. He said, nah, that's not what I asked. Did we have our best five best? And I said, Danny, if I did that, we can't run our system. And here it came. He said, maybe there's something wrong with a system that doesn't allow you to put the best five players on the floor. Light bulb. Yep. Boom. Yeah. And now, he went on with other questions, but for me, it was like a thorn that got in my brain. And I remember thinking, where where did I get this? Why do we have to have point guards and fives and posts? And why do we – where do we even get this language from? Or what You know – Right. It just started making me question everything. Am I kind of blinded by tradition, you know? Right, Why right. can't we do that? Hey, when you go to play pickup, do you say, well, I'm picking you because we need a three, a slash? Right. No. No, I know. And the thing is, and I'm, I've, I've, ever since we started doing it, I've been trying to think about where it started. Was it the, was it the Patino Kentucky teams? Was it Magic? Was it Michael Jordan? I mean – because you know, he had Cartwright, so he had a five. I'm just trying to think of where the shift kind of happened. Because usually it happens at the NBA and collegiate level before it gets down to us. Right. And, right. I, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying – I really haven't been able to narrow when that – because if you look at Villanova, you look at the teams that were in the NCAA this year, it's like that's there's, yeah. there's obviously some big boys out there that are probably yeah. quote-unquote fives, but they can all shoot. They can all handle the ball. They can all pretty much play anywhere. Right. Yeah. What I loved about watching them is I'm I'm and I'm telling you they did some really good stuff. If you if you did not know the reading react the way you and I do, Steve, right. you might watch Villanova and go, Hey, I think they're running that reading react thing. Right. Oh yeah. 
And, and you got to uh, be able to shoot the ball, though, too. You oh, oh uh, that, you know, <laughs> made shot covers a multitude of sins, doesn't it? Does. It? it does. <laughs> and, I tell, and I tell my kids all the time, you can, you might, you, anybody can become a shooter. Not everybody can become a scorer. But shooting is just repetition. It's like lifting yeah. weights. You yeah. just got to get in and do it, you know. Um, yeah. All right, so let me, we'll, 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 we'll do this out of order. So I'm going to ask you my read and react question. All right. And, then we'll, go, and then we'll go back. All right. So um, off-season recommendations. Do you have off-season recommendations for people that run read and react? Things that you can do. <clears throat> well, you just named it. Yes, because as you know from experience, the read and react will create shots for you all over the floor. Yeah, layups, inside, three-pointers, two-pointers, off the – you name the type of shot. And, and getting good shots, good quality shots, is not the problem. It's that ability to put the ball in the hole. And right. That's what, do, you, do you have a shot clock in Georgia? No. No, so we, we don't either. So there's times that we'll come down and it, it takes us 45 seconds to get one, which is crazy. <laughs> um, and, th- and that might go into the second thing. How do I promote variety in decision-making? Because my guys seem to do the same thing every time. They'll pass, they'll go screen. I mean, they tend to do the same thing every time. How do you get them to not be like robots, not running the flex offense? Right, right. Well, and that's what you're trying to overcome, right? right. For for your listeners who are not as familiar as, as you and I are. Right. Uh, there are two decision makers. There's more than that at one time, but two primary decision makers. One, uh, you know, and this, and by the way, when I explain this, this explains the difference between the read and react and a pure motion offense. Even though read and react, you get all the benefits of motion. You know, you create right. an athletic ball. Yep. Uh, you move players, you got spacing, and yep. boom, good things happen. You break the defense down, and you train, you train, this boils down to training players how to take advantage of uh, breakdowns on defense. But the difference is in redirect, the ball handler is the decision maker. Everyone else, as you know, must hold their spots, watch you, see what you do, and then they react with the one thing that we've all drilled them to do based on what's being done with the ball. If you drive right, you do something. If you drive left, you do something. If you, right. And that way, you don't have five uh, chiefs out there, right? right. You've got one chief. Yep. And then, so there, that's one I want to discuss with. The other one is if a player gives up the ball, if they pass anywhere, uh, the so first easy, ball, So an easy one would be somebody brings the ball up and they pass it to yep. the wing. Yep. Right. And okay. Cut, right? Yep. And read and react, again, the difference between a motion offense and read and react is that player must cut to the basket. Right. Okay. Not just cut anywhere, but to the basket because we're going, they are our first scoring option. Okay. We're going to put pressure on the rim. But the moment that player's feet hit the uh, lane, we allow them to become an independent decision maker. That's when we give them decisions back. Right. At the point of the pass, no, they've got to cut. Right. But as soon as their feet hit that lane, if they've not gotten the ball, they can do a number of things. You just name – you name it, and, of course, we've got a layer for it. <laughs> <laughs> we do. But really, it's just all of the things that you could do in basketball without the ball if you were in the lane. Right. Yep. I could post up. I could screen for another post player and then get myself open. I could go back screen anybody on the perimeter. I could set a pin screen. I could use a pin screen. I could set or use a brush screen if another cutter's coming. I mean, this just goes on and on and on and on, right? Right. 
Right. Now, so back to your, so for the listeners listening, there's one decision maker with the ball that trumps everybody, but there's at least one other decision maker going, uh, making decisions that could affect the next action. And it's that player who's either stopped and posted up in the lane or is cutting through the lane. Now to your question, decision-making. Okay. You, uh, so first we got to talk about which one we're we talking about ball handler, the one cutting through the lane. I think after they get rid of the ball, they tend to do the same. They, they cut, but then they tend to do the same thing. They'll either screen away or they'll pull. I mean, they, they get very, when I've charted it, they get yeah. very robotic and yes. you know, the kid that posts up is, is the kid that posts up. He's not the right. kid that sets the back screen or he's not the kid that brushes. it. I mean, yep. how do you yep. break them of that habit? Okay. Great, great question. Great coaching question too. But uh, I'm going to give you an analogy from, uh, from jujitsu. Uh, you know, it's a wrestling yep. uh, type of submission sport that my instructor would teach, say, uh, one particular move. Yep. And, of course, there's a counter move to that that your yep. opponent's got to do, right? Right. So you you teach it, and then you set up the drill, and you do it, right? Well, immediately your mind goes to what ifs. Well, can, yeah. can I can I do this too? And then, but what if he does this? Can I do this? Very well, the instructor would never let us go on. Now there's a, there's a few really gifted people. <laughs> LeBron James is one of yes. them. Yes. yes. I could go. Oh yeah. I can see all of the options here and do, and choose the correct one based on my opponent. But for the rest of us mere mortal, my instructor would say, no, I want you to do this one, this particular move, or this particular counter to that move, over and over and over and over and over and over. And then once we could do it without thinking, then he went to the next one and said, okay, here's your, here's your next one, because that, that one's going to get stopped. And I want you to stay here and drill and drill and drill and drill. And, of course, I resisted and stuff, but over time, all of the options became habit, you know, based right. on how the deep, uh, my opponent is playing me. Well, well, analogously, I think you must give – and you could give all the cutters the same one or you could customize it. When your feet hit the lane, I always want you to do – blank okay oh i like that like yeah like i have a kid like every yeah. time you go in you should post up no yeah. every time you go in you should look for a layup or yeah. screen away okay yeah. i like that i like and that bill bill since you are the best three-point shooter i always want you hitting the lane and then back screening someone one pass away from the ball right because then you're ready for your three yeah. Yeah. you're gonna yeah. shape up to shoot right right it doesn't take bill long to learn that one yeah yeah <laughs> There has to be a benefit, though, sometimes, too. I have to show them oh. that. It's like, if you set this screen, then you are going to be open, too. It's the, you know, hey, egocentric hey, kind of. What you just said might be the most important part of teaching the reader act. Right. I'm lying. What you just said may be the most important is how do you sell it? Right. you got to sell it to the kids like, like, look, hey, here's why you're not doing Bill's decision, Joe, because th this is how. We're going to take advantage of your strengths right now and hide your weaknesses. This you're going to help our team by blank. You right. Know? Right. Now later on, later on, Joe, we're going to add to this. Right. We're going to start developing. But for right now, I don't want you making, you know, six different decisions in there. Right. You know, I want you to always set a pen screen. I want you to always stop and post up in the short corner. You you name it. Right. Right. Now, 
Once they get good at that, now I'm talking about the individuals. Right. Once they get that, then based on their strengths and weaknesses, you go on and you add another one. But right. hey, let me give you a great example of this, okay? Okay. This was about four or five years ago, uh, Delphi University, Division Two up in um, New York. They had a point guard come in. Her name was Ando Tron. I think she's coaching now, or she might still be playing over in Europe. She came in, uh, hey, Steve, this is, this is the consummate point guard you want. Listen, right. I mean, she'd already watched, studied, knew the language of the entire read and react before stepping on the floor at, at, at Adelphi. Right. I mean, this is the coach's dream, right. okay? He's coaching the other girls, right. telling them what reactions they should be. I mean, it's like having a coach on the floor, okay? Right. She's their best three-point shooter, and she can get to the rim. Now, she's the smallest player on the floor, but she can get to the rim. She's fast. She's a good ball handler, goes right or left, best three-point shooter. All right, the first four or five games was disastrous for her. So the coach called me and said, hey, could you do like a uh, Skype with her, a little one-on-one, -on -one, and just find out what's going on in her brain, you know? So I did, and, and I asked her, and – and uh, and she because I'd watched the games and 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 I said well, what seems to be your problem and she said look when I hit the lane and she started going through all the different things that she could do and she was ticked that her teammates were not responding to this right you know? yeah. each one of these you know yep. yes my my post is at the high post coach so. When I cut to the basket, if I don't get it, then I turn and I make the Utah screen, and then right. I'm looking to shape up. I mean, she's going into stuff like that, right? Right. And, and her her center doesn't know what the Utah is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. It's, I, yes. It's simplifying the layers. Yes. She, yes. So <laughs> she was just paralyzed by all the things, and why aren't they? And I said, okay. And listen, I, I'd love to tell you that I am just was brilliant here, but I, this was a shot in the dark, and it worked. And I said, hey, let's try this, and then we'll get back together later. And I said, let's simplify things. Um, I said, you're, you're the smallest on the floor, right? She said, yeah. I said, well, I'll tell you what. When you hit the lane, I only want you to do one of two things, one of two, just two decisions. On the first one, go set a screen for your post wherever she's at. Now, they played their post everywhere. Right. High post, full corner, mid post, weak side strong. I said, because they will not want to switch that. Right. right. Yep. Big little with you, yeah, they will not want, not want to switch that. And I didn't have to tell her to play off of that. You know, after she sets the screen, she's going to take her, her next best action is going to be good. Okay. And then I said, now you're also the best three point shooter, right? And she said, yes. <laughs> you know I mean? Right. She, you know, <laughs> she yes, I am. And I said, then you, if you don't set a screen for your um, post, then go set a back screen for one of your teammates that are one spot away from the ball and shape up for the three. I never had to call back. We never had another call. That totally. Because it's simplified. Yes. And now she was decisive and aggressive right. and intentional with, with yep. her actions in yep. there. Yeah, she went on to do some others, but just getting her started down a simple for her two decisions. Well, I think you can do that. I know you can do that. Uh, with every one of your players, give them one, start with one. Right. And by the way, someone watching your team, only you know what their decision is when they hit the lane, you know? Right, right. And, and then you build on it. Then you build on the layers because then it's like, okay, your season starts in November and ends in March. By December, you're maybe adding a second move. And then 
because yep. they're and then you give them a two That's or three right. weeks doing that and then you add another one it's perfect teaching things i agree i never had thought about that though and some some kids you can you their cups bigger than others yes. so you can put more in it <laughs> right this one this is where this is why i can't put that i'm just not good enough to put that on dvd you know right right yeah and it's like and i and it's like well i teach i'm a math teacher like you you're a math teacher i saw and anyway it's like i tell them the first day or first week of school i say john here might spend five minutes on the homework and Susie might spend 43 minutes on the homework you can all do it you know some of you have strengths in some classes and others and you know, that's where building on, I, I think that's perfect. All right. What would your ideal shot chart look for, like for the uh, read and react? If I gave you a <laughs> shot chart, what would it look like? All, uh, all inside the uh, restricted art. You think so? Could, could that uh, happen? Well, no, no, it no. can't. Of course it can't. Uh, but I, I'm basing that on, uh, you know, the shot charts. If you look them up, you know, online and stuff stuff uh, you look at the numbers the highest the the most points per shot you'll get are shots that are inside the restricted area yeah because they also lead to free throws yep okay so it's it's not just the two that you're getting you're getting a you know right. there as well the next highest is the corner three-point shot isn't that crazy so counterintuitive I know. The I know. That's teacher and me just thinks that's. Uh, I just can't. I can't. I know. Uh, Lord, Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. I know. Once I start watching, it's just unbelievable. You will go back and watch the NCAA tournament and just watch the corner threes. It's unreal. So defensively, time, so defensively, you should have a counter to that. I'm just yeah. thinking the other side of the court for the people listening yeah. is you got to take away that corner three. <laughs> you got to run. Hey, forget closeouts. You got to run people off of that. You know? Yeah, yeah. You, know I mean? you got to right. change their shot. Right? That or they got to be in the second row of the bleachers. That's right. That's like, yeah. right. Um, the next, the next yeah. highest is any is any other three. Right. The next highest, well, now we're getting to the lowest, is right. the mid-range jumper. Which is lost. The game yeah. has lost it. Yeah. yeah. Just, and this is going to surprise a lot of listeners, okay? But the lowest percentage shot is in the lane outside the restricted area. In the lane. In the lane outside that charge. For people who don't know, it's the charge semicircle. Yeah. yeah. Outside. Wow. Yes. Now the highest is inside. Right. That. Because it's a layup, basically. It's a layup. Yeah, it's right. You know, it's that third grade. We call it like a third grader. Right. Can make. I always tell. I always tell my boys the easiest shot in basketball is the free throw, and they look at me and they go, "What do you mean? It's not easier in a layup?" I go, "Yes, it is, because it doesn't change. Layups yeah. change because you have oh. defenders there. Um, you could shoot in Wy a, a free throw in Wyoming is the same as a free throw in Maine. They are the exact same distance. The, the rim is the exact same height. Nothing's changing. But man, layups." Well, you know, is it off of one foot? Is it off of two feet? Is it where is my defender? What angle do I have? Right. On that? Yeah. Is there a help defender near me? Am I leaving the ground from the same spot? Right. I mean, there's variables there. There's a you know? lot of variables. Okay. So, last one on read and react, then we'll get to some a couple other ones I have. What cuts or actions do you think will give your team the most open look? And they and, and my assistant sent me this one, and he said, "Don't take it depends." 
as the answer. <laughs> so, John, if you're listening, that's for you. It says, what cuts or actions do you think will give your team the most open looks in the read and react? Now, he said actions. Like like, like, cut, like, a, like a cut or a back screen or those kind of things, actions. Okay, so he's, he's not saying uh, one action. Okay. No. Okay, good, good. No. good. I don't think I can answer that. No, but he says the most, the ones you think are the best for, for getting good luck. I think it is. And it's probably not the initial cut to the paint because we have not had as much luck with that. Sure, sure. And, and by the way, would you remind me, uh, would you ask me about just cutting to yep. the line? Yep. Yeah, yep. I want to. Tell you something about that. Okay. Uh, so actions that the actions you think that will get the most open looks in the read okay. and react. Yes. First two, and, and you know something. As soon as this podcast is over, I'll think of some. I'll come up with something else. All right. You can send it to me. I'll put it in the show notes for the people that are listening. All right. <laughs> but here's what I'm trying. Here's how I'm trying to answer this okay. for the most teams on the most levels. Right. Okay. Because as soon as you start. That's why he doesn't. And I would say to... most of the people listening to this are 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 youth coaches and are yeah. high school coaches. Okay. So they're from we're dealing with kids that are 10, 10 to twelve to eighteen. I mean, there's yeah. other people that listen all over the world, but I mean I, that I would think that's the demographic that's listening to. All them. right, we're talking percentages here. Okay, yeah. two actions. I'm gonna say two. There's two, and it's. Um, and and one of these, well, both of these have varieties in them, but uh, it's drafting. Okay. Uh, drafting is okay. So a team. There's. Let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, Steve, you pass the ball to me, and you cut. You are on my right, and you pass the ball to me and cut. If I catch it and immediately drive right, as if I'm trying to follow you to the goal. Okay. Like two race cars drafting each other. That's okay. where we get a draft. I'm right. drafting you. Yep. The reason that that gives more good more good opportunities is two twofold here. One, you're taking away on your cut if you're, and this is why, Steve. I don't care if you ever score on a passing cut. I really don't. Hey everybody, I hope you enjoy it. Make sure you subscribe. Um, and we would really appreciate that. Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen, five, those five-star reviews mean a ton to us. Uh, also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.